sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, as always, we want to remind you that we love listener listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. You can email us or you can tweet to us. The email address, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Ignition at sfcatholic.org. Our Twitter handle is sfdiocese. Use the, use the hashtag ignition and we will read your tweet. Hi, Father. Seriously, we're going to read tweets on the... Not now. Oh, okay. Because it's not live, Father. They're not... <laughs> well, I, I'm, I am aware of that, although I was kind of thinking that at the moment. But... Uh... Hi, oh, Father. We've never offered that before. I'm just so thrown off. You put out a new sorry. offering and we didn't talk about I'm, this. I'm sorry. I thought we were a team. I should have cleared it before. I like it, but I just... Oh, impre- Hi, how are you? We'll pay attention. Hi. As you may have noticed, <laughs> it's, it's an incredibly clear episode of Ignition today because Father is in studio. We are recording this the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, Father, um, happy early feast day to you. Thank you very much. This, My feast day gets kind of quasi-suppressed this yeah, year. Suppression. Suppressed repression, man. Dude. Um, the first Sunday of Advent is November 30th, the feast of Andrew the Apostle. As I say every year, poor St. Andrew. That's okay. It's good to be poor and humble. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Yep. Something. If something. you believe Jesus. <laughs> of course, I say that because I just I, I marvel at the fact that Andrew is the one who introduces Simon. To, to to Jesus. Um, it's Andrew with John, the apostle, who who first encountered Christ among the apostles. But he's he's an outsider. Look at in, man. But that's okay. He's a connector. He's a connector. Amen. You know, and honestly, I, I really like have embraced that charism of uh, Andrew in that um, what I do as a Newman Center chaplain, especially and as a priest, lots of times is making connections in my parish. You're right. Um, making sure that uh, people know each other. Hey, do you guys actually are in the same major and you're both Catholic and you live in the same dorm. Do you know each other? Right. Oh, no. All right. Well, here you go. Yep. Awesome. So anyway, so again, happy early feast day, happy early Advent while we're at it. And of course, happy early Thanksgiving. Thank you. And a happy Thanksgiving to you. One of my favorite Catholic feast days. <laughs> what? Well, it's very Catholic. Eucharist? Yeah. To give thanks. I mean, yeah. like, in, you must be thanking a giver, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Someone who gave you things, which would be God. Yes. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Thanksgiving of, of its nature is interpersonal, right? I mean, you can't really thank the universe. No, you can't. Oh, some people might think like Try. Mother Earth or things right, like that. Right. But, but no, you have to give something to your creator, and it, it has that implicit, explicitly in it. Yep. So it's a Catholic feast. Yep. So we're getting ready to celebrate Advent, um, but we're not going to be talking about Advent this episode. Uh, We're going to be talking about the last, last things. Last week, we talked about the first, last things. This week is the first, last, last things. First half, second half? First half, second half. So last week, uh, if if you missed um, that episode of Ignition, again, uh, you can find them on the archives, sfcatholic.org, look under media and then audio files. Um, You can find us in the iTunes library as well. Uh, Subscribe there to the podcast version of the show. Uh, but we talked about death and judgment, and, and today we're going to be talking about heaven and hell. And again, the, 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 as we explained last week, the, 
the context here, November, uh, still in November, um, we often think of those who have gone before. We celebrate the saints, but we also pray for those uh, souls in purgatory. And so oftentimes in November, we think about the the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Um, So again, last week we spoke about death and judgment. Today will be heaven and hell. But also, um, Father, you pointed out here as we're ending the liturgical year leading up to the beginning of Advent, um, always, it, it, the, the two-year cycle, um, the last couple weeks of liturgical year in the daily readings, the first reading is either from the book of Daniel or, or the book of Revelation, uh, which is also apropos to to this topic. Right, because it's, uh, it's about what happens afterwards. Right. right? Yep. And what happens when we're all done. And uh, it gives us that, that vision, Revelation especially given us that vision of heavenly and hellacious realities. Yep, exactly. And and we'll, we'll, this will actually will carry over into the new liturgical year. The first couple weeks of Advent, we've talked in years past about um, the Advent readings. And the first, first couple weeks of Advent are actually focused on Christ's second coming before, uh, re- before looking back to his first coming. Correct. And so there's, because uh, uh, Advent is all about uh, the two comings of Christ, uh, the coming in history and the incarnation at Christmas, and his final uh, coming at the fulfillment of all history. At the exactly. End of time. Uh, which even, which as you said, ties in because like our gospel passages, these last couple of Sundays uh, have been aimed towards when the Son of Man comes in glory. He right. Will. Right. Yep. So that that great continuity between the the liturgical years that way. Um, so so we're going to begin by talking um, today with with the the upside, so to speak, uh, that is looking at what what is heaven. Um, and also looking at what is it heaven, um, and maybe Father right. actually to begin with the second briefly, what isn't heaven? I think you know pop culture. I think growing up we have these very popular, very um, saccharine misconceptions about what what heaven is. It's or Ben what Franklin it's pa- playing air hockey with Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> right, you said it's kind of a saccharine poppy vision of of what heaven is, and it's. Ben yeah. Franklin playing air hockey with Jimi Hendrix. Uh, I was usually thinking of the the cherubs with harps, but that, there we go. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yes, anything silly like that, right? Or, or it's um, sometimes I think of uh, 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 oh, there's this Disney cartoon movie from like the 1980s uh, about like coming to America or something like that with these little mouse. I don't remember. You remember? Not ring a bell. Sorry. Um, but uh, um, our, our producer's nodding his head. And, but um, uh, like, like, let's go to America where the streets are paved with cheese. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it, so it's materialistic in that way. That's it's mostly just tangible material things, and that isn't just what heaven is. And you always get those conversations. Will my dog be in heaven? Yep. Yeah. And and now a bit more seriously, but still not quite the the true nature of heaven. Um, will be heaven will be paradise. Right. It'll be, it, it will include everything that Paris, paradise has, but we'll, as we'll see in a moment, it's going to be more than that. But it's not, it's, heaven will surpass, and for the souls who are already there, surpasses Eden. So if Correct. we look at back to the Garden of Eden, bliss, Adam and Eve in harmony with, with nature, with, between each other, internally with themselves. Perfect, we think. Heaven surpasses even that. And surpasses even our... Uh... And for those that might be like, well, I don't know, even how do I supposed to know what Eden's like, Father? I was never there, but like you go on a vacation to tropical destination A. Yes. And it's 75 degrees and there's no wind and then the sun is great and all this and that. 
but that's not even anywhere close to the reality of heaven. Right. Uh, because that's purely, again, just looking at things in a materialistic way. Right, right. Um, corona, think, corona commercials come to mind. Corona right? commercials come to mind. Yeah. Which, by the way, Corona, they're not going to be a sponsor after this comment. Supposedly, Corona fails every blind taste test. Ooh. Yeah. But that everyone buys it just because of the, the mentality, the oh, idea of man. beach and lime and sun. And, oh, let's have a Corona. But if you actually did blind taste tests really? with other beers, that Corona I'm so consistently lay. But then again, bubble. I read that on the internet. So, <laughs> you know what they say about that. Maybe I'll have to do that tomorrow. Taste test Corona on Thanksgiving. Well, you might have to do that. All then. Right, all right. God bless you for making that poor choice. <laughs> um, but what heaven is, I think Thanksgiving might be like a good way to jump into what yeah. heaven is. Um, and so you think about a good Thanksgiving, you know, oh, turkey, green bean casserole, all the whatever it is, you know, your southern sweet potato dish. But all that doesn't do you any good if you don't have family relationship. Right. If you don't have uh, the freedom to relate with one another, to share stories with one another, to be in relationship with one another. And uh, that's what's so good about a good Thanksgiving and good family life is that you have that freedom. There's no awkward uh, uh, awkward areas that we can't go. We can't talk about so-and-so's this or so-and-so still fighting so they won't talk to one another and just sit on opposite ends of the table. Right. Uh, no perfect gravy can overcome that. <laughs> no. Sadly. Right. And so a real good Thanksgiving is about right relationship yep. in that way. And that's what true the, the true peace of Thanksgiving is and the true peace that we long for that we try to express in food and festivity and right. things like that. But what we really want is right relationship with one another, yep. which leads, which is what heaven is, that right relationship with God. Uh, alt, above all. And with everyone else. And, and yes, but first and foremost with God. Right. And I think that's, I think this is, goes maybe to the, the heart of the distinction between uh, the popular misconceptions of heaven, even even the, the paradise ones and, and the nature of heaven is first and foremost being with God, seeing him, being with him as he is. Right. Um, and, and so it's everything else is completely secondary or there's a hierarchy of, I guess, the, the other things, but they, 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 they're way beneath the primary good, the primary joy of heaven, which is being with God, seeing him as he is, or the way that you, you had uh, put it, um, which I, I really liked, knowing God. Oh, as... yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were going back to the right relationship thing. No. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so the beatific vision, and this isn't anything for me, this is from the— your big heroes, the Thomistic scholars oh, yeah. and like Re Reginald Gary Goulagrange, oh, yes. but uh, which is just a fun name to say. But uh, again, the whole idea that to know God as God knows himself and to love God as God loves himself. God, we know, is this perfect communion of love. We know God, that God is the source of all knowledge, the source of all ideas, the source of everything. And so uh, to know and to love God as God knows and loves God's self. We are able to participate in that in, in a in a in a finite way, in a limited way, because we're creaturely. But somehow we participate in that infinite, unlimited knowing and loving that God has of Himself in heaven. The other thing I think, you know, again, you, God is God is this three persons, the eternal point of love. We are thrust into the midst of that that I don't know, that, that perfect community perfect community right. that, that 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 interchange of persons that to me the, the image that comes to my mind is of uh, fire in in the in the warm beautiful like the roaring like the the richest sense not in the sense that I'm 
you know, burned literally. Right. But but the the the, the intensity of 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 burning love is what, what I'm thrust into. A hunk, a hunk, a hunk of burning love. <laughs> I didn't go there. No, you didn't. You didn't. But that's what I, that's. What I, but uh, actually, the the biblical uh, idea I was thinking of there was the burning bush that burns yet is not consumed. And so right. this this bush is on fire, and there's the light and the heat and all that, where God is present, speaking to Moses in Revelation or Exodus chapter three. But it burns yet is not consumed. Right. Um, and one and cool thing about this idea of the beatific vision, heaven, knowing God as God knows himself, loving God as God loves himself, who knows the depths of your heart? God. And knows it completely, right? Better than I do. Right. But if the saints know God as God knows himself, who knows you? The saints? The saints. Uh-oh. And they know you through the <laughs> eyes of God, though, right? Okay. And to me, that's—I just read this recently in a book on the Blessed Mother— so Blessed Mother in heaven, in the fullness of the beatific vision, she knows you. And so when you say, hey, you know, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death, amen. She knows, when she's praying for you, she's praying for you from the beatific vision. Mm. Does that make sense? So what? So why does that strike you? Okay, so what? What's the what's the big deal about well, that? To me, to me, I think it shows forth, again, like, why, well, why would the saints pray for me? Right. Why do they care about me? Right. Because they, they care about you with the love of God, not uh, with their own love, but yeah, the love of God. Right. And they pray for you from God's knowledge of you, not from their own knowledge of you in some mm-hmm. human way, but mm-hmm. through that divine way, free gift of God, totally credited to God, but that God shares with them and gives them privilege of partaking in. Right. And to me, that just, that encourages my desire to go to the Blessed Virgin Mary for help mm. and for intercession in that way and see her and the other saints as my real companions and friends, right? Because they know me as God, God knows, knows me. They love me. Not in their, not in some imperfect, limited, imperfect way that they would have. They know you perfectly, uh, the way that God knows you. Right. Okay. The other thing too, I think, Father, that is is worth um, pointing out is you know the goal of all of this. Again, looking back to, to Scripture, um, the the goal is that, and what begins by virtue of our baptism and our and our continued growth in holiness and sanctification, is that we become in part on earth or, or or in seed, so to speak, partakers of the divine nature, and in heaven that will be completed and fulfilled. So it's not just a matter of me looking at God and being blown away. It's a matter of me partaking in who he is, again, which begins on earth through the life of grace, but but that's that's blown up, that's magnified, that's consummated somehow um, in heaven. No, you're, you're smirking. What's... Blown up. Dude, it's just blown up. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, I... Uh... Someone was uh, uh, talking to me, you know, they, uh, a parishioner who I've done some work with, a young married couple did their marriage prep, and uh, they like to talk with uh, their students about, like, things. And they had this quote from a Greek person about God being within you, mm. you know. And uh, we talked a bit about what that means, whether it's a good quote to use as a Catholic and some critiquing of it. But that's exactly what you're speaking of that way, a partaker of divine nature, and that we do partake right now, but it's what we're made for. And go back to... Um, the Baltimore Catechism, the beginning question there, and even the beginning of uh, the current catechism. To know, love, serve God in this life and be happy with him forever in the next. Amen. And But, but the, the happiness, I think. So there is joy. There, There's perfection that comes with that. So we want, you know, going, that's, again, maybe the truths and some of the misconception that, that, that natural joy, that natural happiness that we have will be there, but it will be surpassed because we will see God, as, as, okay, see him as he is, know him as he knows himself, love him as he knows himself, 
loves himself, and partake in what makes him God, the nature of God, we will somehow participate in that in our own limited human way. Right. And that Amen. Is, and, 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 that's, and that's better than playing air hockey with Jimi Hendrix and Ben Frank? <laughs> Let alone harps and cherubs. I think it's also worth, you know, just we, we spoke last week a little bit about the, with judgment, the final judgment, the resurrection of the dead, just for a good reminder that the nature of heaven now, at this point, for the souls who are there, yeah, they're disembodied souls. Right. They're incomplete as human persons. Um, their intellects, their wills, their souls are there. But at the end of time, the, 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 the souls of the just, the souls of the blessed, the souls of the saints will be reunited with their bodies in a glorified state just as Christ, it, it, along the lines, you know, our, our image of this is, is the resurrected body of Jesus, um, you know, which can do all sorts of cool stuff. Cool stuff. Yeah. And we get to share in that. It's awesome. Well, hopefully. If we're, yeah. In heaven. But then we could be. In hell, which we don't want to be. No. No. Hell's so, hot, don't go there. Don't go. <laughs> that concludes this episode. <laughs> uh, we, uh, yeah, maybe we should have ended with hell because now we're going to go, it's Debbie Downer time, Father. You mean we should have ended with heaven? Uh, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> Because we're going to talk about hell now. Um, because of the reality. I will, we will send them to heaven before we send them dead. Exactly. There's a whole backstory there. You can look that up on the internet. <laughs> on the internet. Um, so the, the, Father, hell is real. Yeah, it is. We have to, the, the church, you know, maybe, maybe there was a time when, uh, you know, the, 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 the way things go in the, the course of history and within the church and so on, we, we didn't hear about, we didn't talk about hell as much, but. It, it was always real. It's always been real. And we know that it is occupied, if nothing else, by, by the fallen angels, Correct. by the demons. Correct. Um, so it, so, and, and hell's a possibility. Uh, damnation is a possibility for each one of us. Um, obviously, it was something we want to avoid. But there, again, there, I think there are a lot of popular misconceptions about the nature of hell. So uh, it'd be good to, to clarify and clear some things up there as well. So, Father, first and foremost. Hellfire uh, and brimstone. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, the the pains of hell. Jesus Jesus speaks a lot about hell, gnashing, William gnashing, he's casting out into the outer darkness and so on. Um, as we've reflected on that over time, what do we see? Uh, what does the church teach uh, from the words of Christ himself and other, other texts in scripture? What is the, the chief pain, the chief suffering in hell? Separation from God, separation from that beatific vision, that perfect participation, gifted participation in the divine nature uh, that denial of knowing God as God knows himself, the denial, the deprivation of loving God as God loves himself. Okay, that's the worst pain? Yep. Why is that the worst Because it's a spiritual pain. It's the eternal pain. It's a pain uh, that goes to the depth of the heart. We talk lots of times and use this phrase about uh, how people have a God-shaped hole in their heart. Yep, yep. Forever empty. Right. Okay. And forever, uh, and, and even hating that God-shaped hole in your own heart. Right. That you, uh, uh, that you know that you need God, but you know that you couldn't stand it. So it's, it's, it's simultaneously because you have that god shape. It, it, you're created for this, but you have chosen not to have it forever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so while with, in your nature, who you are as a human being— Longs for God in your in your will, if, in your intellect, you have rejected Him. So there's this there's this et forever, not eternal, but there's this uh, immortal separation. 
And to think about that in terms of uh, maybe an addict, uh, an addict who becomes aware of their addiction, hates their addiction, but, you know, in a sense knows they can't live without it. Right. Yeah. So hell, so the worst, I mean, again, we have all sorts of, you know, pitchforks literally and, and fire, um, and, and 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 there's always been discussion about the nature of physical pains of hell. But what the church is very clear on is the worst pain is the separation from God forever. Correct, correct. And so, um, and they know um, that uh, they know that they can't. Um, uh, they know they can't ever repair that they, and, and they don't want to get out of it. So, like sometimes in these spiritual exercises, people will say. Um, you know, isn't this mean of God right. to have this place like hell? Isn't it mean of God to punish people with, because uh, in like, you might imagine some of the f- sensible physical sufferings of hell, because there, there will, will be resurrected, bo- the resurrected body will be in hell right. for humans, right. so, for humans in hell. Um, but again, that they wouldn't want to get out. And so again, the idea that you send yourself there. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. We're, that you we're, choose. You choose it. So I think that's a, again, and when I think we spoke a bit to this last week with judgment. Um, it's not like you know, there's a pop quiz, and uh, you know, at the pearly gates, mm-hmm. and exactly depending on your answer, you're either going up or down. It's it's not that way at all. If you're going, if you're going to hell, if you're damned, you've damned yourself, and you choose it. You've right. freely chosen right. it. So therefore, you won't be surprised. And it was C.S. Lewis uh, describes it as a prison locked uh, by the inmates who stay within. Right, right. The Great Divorce, I think, isn't is it maybe from there? Maybe I maybe, don't remember. Yeah. Um, Great divorce is more about purgatory. You're right. It actually. is. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Countdown. Uh, <laughs> but the, the reality then that that you choose to go there, and so you won't be surprised. Uh, it, again, if if you if when you die, if you didn't want to be with God, if you'd chosen to be apart from God, He's going to honor and respect your choice. He love He loves us. And as, because he loves us, he respects our freedom. So if we choose, even though it's contrary to who we are, what he's created us as, contrary to the goal, God-sized shape hole in our hearts, wow, I mangled that. Even if it's contrary that he's going to respect our freedom and allow us to send ourselves to hell, to be apart from him forever. Right. Um, which leads to the other aspect of, of maybe uh, you you had spoken about you spoke about this a bit earlier right. I think right um, but that 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 even though this is something that they're created for the the souls of the damned curse God we know the demons for sure any right. any fallen souls any fallen human beings damned human beings curse God in the midst of their suffering right they even don't they, want to be and even though they know that I mean he is the only one to ever to ever could save them release them from the sufferings it's it's revulsive and and uh, I think you had alluded to this and. Even to think that if if that soul in that spiritual state was to be in the beatific vision, they would find that so revulsive that they couldn't stand the beatific vision. And kind of think about for a moment in our own human experience would be when you're just mad at everyone, Thanksgiving, and everyone's happy and in right relationship with one another, and you're the outsider or something's wrong or there's something hanging over your head, you hate it there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even though you're the only one that could change the situation, because it's nothing that anyone else is doing. They're utterly innocent in that way, but it's completely on yourself. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Thank you. Good connection to Thanksgiving again, Father. 
Are you grateful for me as your? I'm so grateful for you. Admission. My, yeah, co-host. Uh, so let's. <laughs> we, we have a. You have a few minutes left. So let's talk about one of the things which isn't one of the official four last things, but it certainly fits in, um, and that is purgatory. And it needs to be mentioned because I think people confuse purgatory in lots of ways. And so just even just take. We only have a few minutes left, but in these three minutes, just to give a, like a simple. Uh, clear teaching on purgatory. And I think the, the first thing to point out, I think one of the reasons it's not numbered among the last things, it's not permanent. No, it's temporary. Temporary. Yep. So if you get to Pain purgatory— is temporary. Glory is forever. It, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's temporary, and there's only one, there's only one door out, and right. it goes up. It's a one-way street. Yeah. So once you're in purgatory, you get to heaven. Now, some people say, well, I'm just aiming for heaven, or purgatory. No, we should aim for heaven. But if we go to purgatory, we still rejoice in the fact that we're going to get to heaven. Exactly. And it's interesting that, like, uh, there is a suffering and a suffering that is a cleansing, but it's a cleansing suffering in purgatory. It's a cleansing and a suffering with hope. But a lot of the suffering is, again, a the the deprivation of the fullness of the beatific vision. Right. But instead of cursing it, you long for exactly. it. Exactly. And so in that longing, there is a purifying. Just thinking of a— um, uh, we say absence makes the heart grow fonder right. about relationships. Uh, we say uh, that you don't want to spoil your supper, right? And so as you maybe Thanksgiving morning, right, make sure you don't eat too many donuts or yep. uh, cinnamon rolls if yep. uh, if you guys bake cinnamon rolls, but to have that appetite built up for the feast. Right, right. So that's so in purgatory, we're being prepared to enter into the beatific vision. And even again, this is maybe, well, this is more uh, speculation, if you will, but it may be that that, that that cleansing to purgatory is the first instant in which we enter into the beatific vision, where we are purified in potentially. It very could be. It could be. Because I mean, just the encounter with God is always purifying. We exactly. encounter the love of God uh, through conversion. And as we live in his love, we have a realization of a new need for conversion. His love, the light of his love, the heat of his love exposes areas where we do not yet welcome him. And so there's a new conversion, a new repentance in our lives. So exactly what, what clen we're cleansed of is not the eternal consequence of our sin. Christ paid that debt on the cross, right. but we're still imperfect and we need to be perfected to enter into heaven. Right. Whether it's the habits of sin or just that right and due punishment that we experience in this earthly life, not just eternal punishment, but earthly punishment. So if a, notor a notorious figure was to be converted in some way on their deathbed, but they had no chance to make earthly amends, right? you know, we would think, well, you know, it's nice that they're in heaven, but it seemed like th they still owe something. And, and it's right that they should owe something, and, and they themselves would want to owe something. Right. If they are truly converted, they would want to owe something to give something back in that way. And that's a bit of that... Uh, timely action of, of purgatory and the double consequences of our sins. Right. So there's the—I I become curved in, I, I become twisted. Narcissistic. And, exactly. And so I need to be straightened, and I look to God again, and so that's that part of what that purifying is. Right. And so our sins, not just the eternal punishment of guilt, but even just the punish, punishment now of, again, back to our Thanksgiving reality of that disordered relationship. And so it might be that awkward conversation with a cousin to apologize to them so that you can enter into the Thanksgiving feast. And the awkward conversation is painful. Amen. Beautiful, Father. There we go. So that wraps up this wraps up this ignition of episode. Uh, oh wow, <laughs> this episode of ignition. Again, you can email us ignition at sfcatholic.org or tweet to us sfdiocese hashtag ignition with any questions you might have. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 o'clock on Lamb Catholic Radio on 91.3 FM in Hartford and Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.